Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. Turn with me if you would. I want to first go to John chapter 4. I have a very specific message this morning. that God's been talking to me about the last, I'd say the last three days. John chapter four, in verse 14, he said, but whoever takes a drink of the water that I will give him shall never, and the Amplified says, no, never, be thirsty anymore. What does that mean, wanting? You know, there's nothing worse than being thirsty and there's nothing to drink. You, no food will satisfy that. You can't go to sleep. You know, at least if you're hungry, sometimes you can go to sleep and like, you know, try to get past it. But when you're thirsty, there's only one thing that satisfies that. And that's what it is, man's need. There's only one thing that could satisfy man's need and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing else would do, no sacrifice of lamb. It, it subsided things for a while. It kept, it was a perfect covenant, that covenant uh, that the Jews had, the children of Israel had with God. It was a good thing. It's not a negative thing. It was what God did for the time being till his plan became fulfilled with Jesus. Many people put down uh, the law and the old covenant, but uh, it was a good thing. It was how God was able to keep uh, his people in connection with him. Give them uh, their answers and guide them and direct them. Uh, cover their sins. But uh, so always be wary of people who put it down and talk negative about it. We have a better covenant though. That's the important thing to emphasize. We have a better covenant. You don't have to put down the old to know that the new is better. It's better. So Jesus was the only one who could satisfy that thirst, satisfy every single need that man was ever going to have and ever did have. So we see here, but the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water, welling up, flowing bubbly, continue within him into for eternal life. The King James says, I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Did you know that right now today you have everlasting life on the inside of you? It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter how difficult it was to get dressed this morning, to get out of bed. It doesn't matter what physical feelings you have. It doesn't matter what your finances look like. It doesn't even matter what you did yesterday. Today is everlasting life springing up from the inside of you. That well of life is in there. If Jesus is in your heart, if Jesus, you have made him your Lord and Savior, everlasting, eternal life is on the inside of you. The goal 
And the difficulty many times for us is that we forget everlasting life is on the inside of us. It's remembering in the face of need, in the face of a no, in the face of a detrimental situation, in the face of feelings, emotions, we forget that everlasting life is on the inside of us. Amen. But whoever takes a drink of the water that I will give him shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water welling up, flowing, bubbling continually within him. Continually. It's continually in there. So when you're faced with a need, you're faced with a situation uh, what you think up, what you can figure out in your mind, you understand that, that continual stream of thought that's only ever going to lead to doubt and unbelief is not coming from the well of life bubbling up on the inside. Thoughts that originate with, with right here, not God's thoughts that come up from your spirit or come from the word, those thoughts do not come from life. They come either from your past they come from what somebody said. They come from what your body feels. Did you know you can generate thoughts just strictly from the way you feel? Nobody had to give you that thought. You felt a certain way, so you generated a thought from that. And you decided you were going to act on that. Or you were going to meditate on that. But when we thirst or when we have a need and we go back to, he said, you're not going to thirst anymore. What needs do you have this morning? Can you say, you know what? I have a need in a certain arena and I need something to come and quench that. I need something to come and take care of that. We've got to go back to the everlasting life. So this morning I want to talk about how do we do that? What do we need to be looking at in order to do that? Uh, Let's go to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to go really in a specific direction with this regarding financial needs, but it can cover other things that you may be facing. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6, and the Amplified says, Yet for us there is only one God, the Father, who is the source, if you don't have that word underlined, underline that. Yet for us, there's only one God, the Father, who is the source of all things and for whom we have life. That's the life Jesus was talking about. I've come to give that eternal, everlasting, bubbling up spring and well on the inside of you. I've come to give that life. So here, Paul is saying, whom we have life and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through and whom and by whom are all things and through and by whom we ourselves exist. Are you existing through Jesus today? Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. What about your finances? Are they existing through Christ? Yes. We're going to look at this morning how we can know that our finances, our financial needs are existing through Christ. There's some specific steps and specific ways that we've got to discipline ourselves. And number one, we're going to talk, be talking about this morning that God is our source. God is your source. How quick it is to forget God is my source. 
And it's very easy to forget God is my source because everything else uh, talks so loudly and we go to a job every day and we get a paycheck or we get money in or we have a business that is bringing in income and it's that's a natural flow that we have into our lives and it's very easy to look at the natural flow because our eyes can see it, our hands can touch it, our feet can move with it. We can cooperate with that natural source. We can do things, right? It's very difficult to overcome for some, let me let me say it this way. It can be very difficult especially for those who have a lot of control over their finances and control over where their finances come from, it's very difficult to get past, I am not my source. No matter how many extra hours I put in, I cannot generate my own supply. I cannot make it happen. You cannot make a source happen for you. God is your source. He is your source. Uh, let's go turn with me because we're just laying a foundation. Let's go to second Corinthians chapter nine, second Corinthians chapter nine and verse eight. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. God is your source. He is able to make all grace. He, what is God's grace? It's his ability. That's all it is. When we talk about there's saving grace and then there's the grace that you need to walk in as a believer. I need God's grace. That is my ability, me doing my part, meeting his part. His part, his grace is him doing what I cannot do in the natural. How many of you say, I need God to do some things that my ability and that what I can generate and the income that I have and the sources that I have are not enough. So what do I need? All grace, all sufficiency. Every favor and earthly blessing. He's covered really just about anything you can think of in the scripture. Well, I don't necessarily need money. I need favor. Got it covered. Every favor. Well, I need God's blessing on my business. I need God's blessing on my career. I need God's blessing on this avenue. Okay, that's covered. Every favor and earthly blessing. All grace come to you in abundance. So that whatever the need, you can be self-sufficient. Possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Uh... Verse 10 says, God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will provide and multiply your resources. Can you multiply your resources on your own? No, because God is my source. God is my source. He is the multiplier. He is the provider. 
It says, uh, multiply your resource for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus, you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous and your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Now, let's go to one more passage, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. In chapter 8, verse 18. And there's one word I want you to underline here if you haven't amplified. Verse 18 says, well, look at verse 17. Beware, lest you say in your mind and heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. Well, in my husband, he's been talking the last two weeks, he preached on humility. Humility and be healed. Or we could say humility and have your need met. And he talked to us and he showed us in the, in the word and ministered to us regarding on these lines of humility that it's a very dangerous, pride is a very dangerous place to live. And to really examine ourselves in every arena, uh, on the job, in our marriage, in our finances, in believing God, that we must recognize our, even our faith, we can't say our faith got something. Because it was God's measure of faith on the inside of us that we took and we obeyed God. It was his word that fed his faith in our heart. Amen. It's his everlasting life. So we can see here that we must not forget, not say in our mind and in our heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth, but you shall earnestly, underline that word earnestly, if you have it in your, if you haven't amplified, remember the Lord your God. You know what that means? You got to make an effort. You must make an effort to remember God is my source. This is the all-out effort for the rest of your life. God is my source. This is where people will confess scriptures all day over their finances. They'll even rejoice. But what they do is they confess and they rejoice and they look right back at the avenue. They look right back at the checkbook. They look right back at the bank account. They look right back at everything that has provided them resources thus far instead of keeping their eyes on their source. Earnestly remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to you or to your fathers as it is this day. This morning when we talk about God is our source. The way God, he has been showing me, uh, and he uses things of how we were raised, things that we remember, our own examples of in our life, you know, things that are very personal to us. Uh, and when, with each of these scriptures is a foundation that we want to make sure that we have established. Jesus is our everlasting life on the inside. Everlasting, never-ending life. When it looks like your situation has come to an end, Jesus has not come to an end. God has never come to an end for you. 
He has never run out on you, nor will he ever run out on you. You've never run the well, run the well dry. Never. You may have run your resources dry, but his resources never run dry. When the bank account looks dry, my everlasting father, my Lord and savior has promised me a well bubbling up on the inside of me that'll never run dry. Then you can remember, I am a giver, I'm a sower, I'm a tither, and he has made every grace, every favor and earthly blessing. He provided the seed for me to sow. Now he's going to supply and he's going to multiply out of that everlasting life the seeds that I have sown so that I will be self-sufficient on him. Not on myself. He's not looking for you to be self-sufficient in you. He's looking for you to be self-sufficient in him. He is on the inside of you. That's what it means to be self-sufficient. I am totally dependent on the well of life on the inside of me. Do you understand that's what that's talking about? Not I'm, d- I'm dependent on my background. I'm not dependent on my past. I'm not dependent on my education. I'm not dependent on my skill set. I'm not dependent. That's one of the things uh, when we were really facing some needs, my husband said, I will not go because he had a certain skill set that he could have used to make money. And he said, I will not do that because my eyes will get on what I can do, what I can produce, what I can sell. And so it would have been easy. I say easy would have taken time, but it could have been ways we could have brought in money. But he chose not to do that for a very specific reason so that we didn't become self-sufficient in ourselves, looking to those avenues, looking to what we could produce, what he could produce. He was led to do that. That was at the leading of the spirit. That's not to say God's not going to give you leadings of things you can do that you can put your hand to that he's not going to bless. So we also have to get on the other side of that coin. And remember, this is, you can't look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and say, he's going to make it to where I don't have to work a job. That's, that's never going to be on the table. You know what I'm saying? I never have to do anything. I'm going to, he is going to supply and multiply and make me so sufficient. I'm, I will be so sufficient in God's uh, uh, sufficiency. I am just going to be totally dependent on him. And you're completely oblivious that, you know, you don't work, you don't eat. So Bible school students, this is not, I'm coming here to sit and feed on the word. And you know what? God is just going to meet my every need as I fill up and, and develop his faith on the inside of me. Every free moment you get, you be putting your hand to something. Cleaning your apartment. Cleaning the home you live in. You know, what are you showing God? God, you are my source. You blessed me with this place to live when I came here for Bible school, and I will take care of. When you treat your stuff poorly, you're treating it like it's yours. Everything I have, God brought me. I'm going to treat it like it's his because Without his grace, without his favor, without his blessing, I wouldn't have this. How you treat your things shows whether you think it's yours or not. It's his. And if I want more of his, I'm going to take care of what I got of his right now. Amen. So 
The way God is showing me how to trust him is that when facing natural need that doesn't look like it has a supply, that my source never runs dry. Never runs dry. Or when it looks like an avenue is not enough, he is more than enough. That there's so much more coming up that's in the well, I'm just not drawing out of that well to the capacity that I have need of. I need to start drawing out more, okay? This is what the Spirit of God said to me. My bank account will go without when I live in fear and doubt. But when I live from my faith, I will have more than enough to run my race. He said, my bank account will go without when I live in fear and doubt. But when I live from my faith, I'll have more than enough to run my race. He's asking me to live from here. He's not asking me to live from here. He's not asking you to live from what you can figure out. If you're trying to figure it out, you've gotten your eyes off of God is my source. This is the way he showed it to me. As a little girl growing up in the country, we had a well. Everybody had a well. And living here in California, I don't know if anybody's ever had a well out here, but it was so common. Most everybody there had a well. We lived on top of the aquifer. Uh, We basically lived on top of lime rock, uh, sand and lime rock. And below that was the aquifer. Uh, Never-ending water supply. Uh, that was running underneath. So when you, you, everybody could dig a well. It's not like here where you just cross your fingers, you know, hope that the witcher comes out, finds a spot and you got something and you spent a lot of money. You could dig just about anywhere, you know, there and get you a well. And it wasn't far away from the house. Uh, And so with the well, you had a filter on the well uh, to filter out things that came up that were really coming up through when it came up through the rocks, uh, the limestone. And you had to change the filter every so often. And it supplied all the water to the house that we needed. And you could have certain size tanks. You know, our tank wasn't very big. Our house wasn't very big. So we didn't need a big tank. Um, it was above ground. And my dad would go out, check on the, 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 um, the filter, on the pump, you know, everything to keep everything. It never, that I knew of, I never, don't ever remember it breaking. It might, regardless of what was going on up top, you saw the tank, you saw uh, the filter, you saw the gauge, uh, you saw all the components. Regardless of what was going on with that, the source of the water never changed, never went down. It was never altered. So just because of where we pumped, we got our water from, where we were drawing on that source, maybe that got affected. Just because he would have to go out and check on things, maybe the water pressure was a little low and he'd have to go and check on it. It doesn't mean the source changed. We must remember the source is always flowing. That aquifer was always moving. There was always fresh water available. We could have had three wells if we wanted to. There was that much water. You can have as much of God as you want. You can draw out as much as you want. You can pull out from the wells of salvation, from that everlasting water on the inside of you as much as you want. But if you've only got a little and the pressure seems to be short, it's not the supply that's the issue. It was never what was underneath the ground. 
that had been there for ages. That water had been there for as long as the earth had been around. It's us that changes. It's the way we took care of the pump, the filter that changed. How we took care of how we drew on the source. If you're having a difficulty and things don't seem to be flowing, you don't need to evaluate your source and you don't need to go evaluate where you work. You don't need to evaluate other avenues, other ways you can make money. You need to evaluate how are you drawing on your source? How am I drawing out of that everlasting life? How am I taking care of the way I draw my fellowship with eternal life. So what would happen, his ants would get in. They were looking for water. Ants would get in the filter. So you go to turn on the water, and you, you know, to, to the person that's not from there, they would think, oh my gosh, the, uh, the well has run dry. We, don't ha- we must not have anything else, because you go and there may be a trickle or nothing would come out. And you would think the well was broke or we got to have to dig something else or we, we could possibly be missing it uh, with, with where we, you know, what we've got going on here. And dad would go out and sure enough, it'd be full of ants and he'd have to wash the ants out. The ants would affect the pressure, completely stop the pressure. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, we would have the bugs would get in, things could get in, and if the filter wasn't clear and the ants would get into the pipes, all the water pressure to the house would stop. But it was never the source. And the way God showed it to me, this is how he, I saw it, the way he was explaining it to me, is what happens is his thoughts get in. One thought, two thought, three thought. You understand thoughts multiply I need my money to multiply. (laughs) If you want your finances to be multiplied so you can have more to sow, you need to make sure your thoughts aren't multiplying. They're like rabbits. You get one, you two, and before you know it, you've got a hundred, and you are total doubt and despair. That's why he said to me, my bank account will go without when I live in fear and doubt. Where does fear and doubt come from? Your thought life. Fear and doubt don't come from the devil. Their products, that's his nature. He's a, he's a creature of fear and doubt. But fear and doubt come from your thought life. That we forget God is our source. Say it with me. God is my source. So we never questioned. We never wondered about the aquifer. We never wondered about where the, uh, my daddy never wondered about where we had tapped in with the well. He knew it wasn't the wells, uh, the, the aquifer's problem, the, the flow of water. He knew something must be wrong with the way this thing is functioning. Something has gotten in and we have no water pressure. The supply is there. You understand? The full and abundant everlasting supply is there. But why isn't it flowing? Because other things have gotten in that don't belong there. We have to ask ourselves, what has gotten into our thought life? Are we always saying, I'm broke, I'm poor, I don't have enough. If only I could have this, if only I'd have had this, you know, this start, if only we would have done this with our money. What is that? It's all the little ants getting in there. And the, God's trying, the flow is there. The water's in the tank even. 
if we could only see what God has waiting in the tank, because it says it's everlasting, it's everlasting, bubbling, that's what it says, bubbling, that aquifer is always bubbling up into filling that tank, it's never the fault of the water down below. It's always something on man's side. It was something my daddy could have done to go out and what was he doing? He was maintenancing it. Just because things are flowing today, if you don't keep your thought life maintenance, if you don't stay full of the word, tomorrow you will have a lack of pressure. You will have a lack of pressure flowing out of that everlasting life. You'll see a trickle. I've been there. Well, I saw a trickle. I saw a little bit, but what happened? Let my thought life go in the wrong direction. The ants got in. It's not the source. It's the lack of maintenance, taking care of how I draw on my source. Then, unfortunately, y'all, we don't have this out here because I don't know of anybody that has a well, but unfortunately, if the power went out... So when a hurricane was coming, we had to fill up the bathtub, fill up. That was for drinking water. You had to fill up the bathtub. You ain't getting no shower. <laughs> uh, you had to fill up, make sure there was water in the sink, water in the bathtubs. Um, that was in case for a, a longer period of time. We didn't have water or we couldn't get to water. Um, you filled up jugs. You were well stocked because when the power went out, the pump didn't work. Pump, couldn't pump water. Out here, I mean, it was the most amazing thing that when we kind of moved into the city limits and we had city water, it tasted awful. But at least when the power went out, you had water. You could take a shower. Folks, y'all don't even know what it's like when you have no power and you can't take a shower for a couple of days. <laughs> I was a kid. I look back at things. For my parents, you know, we'd have to, we really would go to somebody else's house that had running water. We'd have to go and bum off of somebody else's home. You know, you'd pack up your stuff, go get showers, get cleaned up. You couldn't cook anything. You know, you'd have to go find food. And so when God was talking to me and showing me this, he said, you can do your maintenance. You can meditate on the word of God, you know, and, and really be a student of the word. And have your thoughts in order. But he said, we're supposed to be people of the word and the spirit. And when you're not cooperating with the Holy Spirit, there's no worship, there's no praise, there's no rejoicing. He said, it's like having no power to get that flow into your life. He said, you've shut down the power. All the water's still there. The tank is still full and it's ready to pump. But because you're still trying to figure it out, you're still trying to confess your way out through works and there's no rejoicing over the finished work of Christ. There's no getting excited about what he's done for you, how he's brought you out, where he's taking you, what he's already done for you. The miracles that you've already seen there's no flow of the Spirit. If there's no power, there's still no water. There's still no life everlasting. So you got to have both. 
You have to have both. These, this is, and he, he showed me so simply, you can't just maintain with the word and not have a flow of power at the same time. The filter could have been clean. The ants would have been gone. All the parts were new. But if there's no power, it doesn't work. And what happens? When there's no power, when you decide that you're just going to live dry and you don't want to rejoice because that's not my personality, you don't want to praise, you don't want to worship because I don't feel like it, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have to do like we did and you're going to have to go bomb and live off somebody else's fullness. They're going to have to feed you. They're going to have to nourish you. And you'll never live your life in Christ with you in Christ. It's always going to be you and Christ and somebody else having to pump you up. Keep that power flowing. I don't want to live dependent, having to pack up my stuff every night and call somebody up because I need to be fed. I need to be, listen, husbands and wives, you can't expect your spouse. There's a time where you can get together and talk about the word and encourage each other. But it's no fun to come home and have to live, your spouse living off your fullness. One spouse has their mind renewed to what God's doing in their life and their finances and the other one is full of negativity. What they're saying is they're empty. They can quote the scripture, but you're empty. You know what happens when empty people, when scripture is actually given to empty people, they don't like it. They don't like it. They think you're being, you know, hard and religious and they don't like it. I need the Holy Ghost. I need, I need him just as much as I need the word. I need the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to say this. I need the Holy Spirit more than I need money. I need the power of God because see, the Holy Ghost can bring power when my babies are sick. The Holy Ghost can bring power when we don't know what to do, when money's not the answer. Money, when money really, you're going to end up facing situations when money's not the issue. So you can have millions in the bank. And I've shared that story about that billionaire whose son can't even get, he said, I have all the money in the world and I can do nothing for my child. What does he have? No power. A lot of knowledge. A lot of expertise. Every doctor that money can buy, but he's got no power. When we had no power to draw up from that well and to get the source from the source that we needed, it was as if we had no source. When you live without the Holy Ghost, it's as if you have no source. You've got to get up every day, stirring up the gift on the inside. Speaking to yourselves. Go with me to Ephesians. Let's go there. We've been there this week in the Bible school. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5.15. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately. Not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity, opportunity because the days are evil. You know something? When you look to buy up opportunities for faith, God will use you. 
I'm going to buy up every chance I get to use my faith. I'm buying it up. That's a good opportunity. Brother Hagen said it's an honor. Every time I get to use my faith, it's an honor. That's the mentality we have to have. Not, oh, I got to use my faith again. I wish the money were there. It's an honor. It is an honor to know that God is my source. Therefore, do not be vague. Uh, verse, look at, uh, yeah, verse 17. Therefore, do not be vague, thoughtless, and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled. And look at this word, stimulated. Stimulated with the Holy Spirit speaking out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all your heart to the Lord at all times and for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to, the, God, to God the Father. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Wives, be subject, be submissive, and adapt yourselves to your own husbands as a service to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church himself, the Savior of his body. As the church is subject to Christ, so let wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. Here we see that before you can even be a good spouse, you got to be full. Do you see that? Before you can submit to one another, even within the body of Christ, you got to be full. People want to focus on wives submit. Oh, you got to submit. Oh, uh, husbands, you need to love me as Christ loved the church. See, before all that, it says you better be speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That means you better be full. You get up every day and you face your marriage, you face your family, you face your boss, your relationships that you should be submitted to, you face them empty. Empty people aren't drawing out of everlasting life. Empty people aren't drawing out of the well. There's a lack of power. I need full power. What happens if I don't treat my spouse right? Power shuts down. Holy Spirit's not getting his way. Therefore, if the power is shut down, the, the, the supply is not flowing. I'm not drawing on my source. How I treat my spouse will dictate how I can draw from my source. And it's not the source. It's what I'm doing. It's what I'm not doing. It's the maintenance I'm not giving. It's the time in the spirit I'm not taking. You don't want to marry somebody who you've always got to pump up and get excited about what God is doing. Amen? I'm not saying you got to be, you know, hooping and hollering all over your house all the time. But, but see, joy, you know what joy is? Joy is a good report. Joy is the always got the good. Did you know it's not difficult to get a bad report? It's not hard. Just, just sit in your mind for about five minutes. You'll have about 15 of them. You'll have about 15 end results to where you're going to be next year. Just sit in your thought life for five minutes. It, it takes an effort. You know, that water didn't just come up out of the ground itself. We had to put a pump and a well. 
We had to put something there to draw it out. You are going to have to put some things in place in your life to draw out from your source. He doesn't just pour it out on you. This is a natural world we live in. In heaven, guess what? It's just poured out on us. But now, we live in a natural world with natural hindrances. I told the Bible school students this. I said, money is a natural thing. If you're a spiritual person, God will gladly give you a natural substance because you'll do spiritual things with it. If you're a carnal person and you don't renew your mind and you're not full of the spirit, you know what's going to happen? He can't trust you with natural things because you're gonna do carnal natural things with it. That's why it's important. You can't just say, I'm under grace and I can do what I want. You're living natural. Yes, you're a new creature in Christ. Yes, you're born again and going to heaven. Yes, you have the life of God in you, but you're not living out of that. He's looking for people who are living out of the abundance that's on the inside of them. He can bring natural abundance. When you live out of his abundance on the inside, he will flood your life with the natural abundance of this earth. Spiritual people receive an increase in natural things. That's the best way I can put it. Uh, Let me see here. You know, we couldn't, let me say this, in the source, there's an abundance, but a lack of power, a lack of staying full of the spirit and a lack of the word to wash away the wrong thoughts, trying to come in and seal will cause doubt in the source. I want to stay on this for a minute. You not doing your part and me not doing my part to stay full of the spirit and keep our minds renewed with the word of God, fighting and pushing back and answering those thoughts that come contrary to what God's word says, what ultimately happens is you become doubtful in the source, not in the process. If you doubt whether confession works, if you doubt whether rejoicing works, if you doubt that, you're not doubting the process, you're doubting your source. Because I can give you scripture and verse for everything I just said. Hold fast to the profession of your faith. You know? When you live, we can see those in the, in the scripture. What was Paul and Silas? They got into jail naked and were beat. And they went in full and came out. <laughs> completely set free. And people saved around them and a new church established. So that tells me I can go into any need. If I go in full, I'm coming out and I'm taking people with me. You know what I'm saying? So you didn't see Paul and Silas doubting the source of the one who told him to go to go preach. But that's what most people do. They start doubting whether or not. You know, I said to God one time and I say one time, I mean, really recently. (laughs) I said, God, I believe you for this, but help my unbelief. And he said, you help your own, your own unbelief. I mean, clear as day came up out of my spirit. You help your own. What did that mean? I got enough on the inside of me and I got enough answers. I'm just not doing. He said that to me. You mean God would say that? Yes, he would. That's how, see, that's how I, that's how I communicate. You know what I mean? With, 
I'm plain, just, just plain. Now, honey, doesn't do this. Now, honey, you know. Oh, I said, God, I thought I was being scriptural. You know what I mean? He's been teaching on that. And I'm trying to be humble. I was seriously trying to be humble, God. But it was really like half, like, give me, just give me something, you know? Like, I'm just looking for a handout. And, and God, I believe you. I know what your word says, but help my unbelief. And he said, you help yourself. You got to sometimes examine. Let me examine myself in my own faith. The knowledge of the word that I do have that I'm not using. That's just me. I didn't say you or anybody else. See, you can't see the water. I have never once. I, I lived in Florida for the first 20 years of my life. I never once saw. Now, we saw springs that uh, we would swim in the springs with the, the water coming up. But I never once went down and dove into the aquifer. I never saw it. Never with my physical eyes. But when I went and grabbed that handle and pulled when I needed water, I never doubted the source. I had, if you got faith enough to pull the handle and open the fridge and get food out and, and turn the water on and go turn your AC, if you got faith enough for that to work, you have to remember God is an everlasting source. All that's getting burned up. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when I pull on his word and I speak his word, I know that bubbling up on the inside of me is every answer that I'm going to need. I know that the power is working, taking care of my situation I got to have as much faith in my source you can't doubt your source so we can say God is my source but where have we let doubt come in in our source where have we doubted him can I say this what action have we taken and what have we done we didn't say we doubted him but what did we do what did we do that says, I doubt my source will come through on this one? I doubt my source is enough. I've been there more than once. Probably enough, I couldn't count. Very subtle, very slight actions that we take, things that we do with our finances, things that we do with our businesses, things that we do with our jobs, things that we do because really we can make that action and it feels good on that natural man, that flesh, to make something happen ourselves instead of trusting God is my source. The children of Israel wanted to go back to their original source. They wanted to go back. Asa wanted to become his own source. Needed God, then he got money. Nope, he said he's gonna be his own source. The next battle. Abraham tried to help his source. Malachi, they had dishonored and robbed their source. 
You understand tithes and offerings is, is not yours as an option to give. It's either you're robbing God and keeping what's his or you're bringing to him in an honorable way what's his. It's all his. It's all tithes and offerings is all his. I didn't say all your money is his. I'm saying tithes and offerings. He says, how have you robbed me in tithes and offerings? It's his. They robbed their source. The disciples had the source in the flesh and they still panicked. You know, you can still have money in the bank and still panic. You can. But then Abraham turned it around and he trusted his source till the very end, till that ram showed up. He turned that around and he trusted his source that God was going to supply. He marched his son up to the top of the mountain to kill him and trusted God is my source. The Shunammite woman honored her source before the supply ever even came. I must say that again. The Shunammite woman honored her source. By honoring the man of God, she was honoring God before he ever gave her anything. God had not given her a thing, and she made a room at her own expense, funded him, fed him, housed him at her own expense before God had ever become her source. How was he her source? She had a child, then he healed her child. What are we doing? Are we waiting on God to do something before we show honor to our source? David trusted his source so much that he got rid of everything in the natural. When he faced Goliath, he got rid of all the armor. He trusted his source. He walked up there and he just said, hey, basically in the name of my God, you're going down. And then God was so much his source, he ran after the problem, ran to the need, ran to the opposition. Do you have enough source to run and create a need? Do you have enough faith in your source that you could sow a seed and know God is my source? Whatever he asked me to do, he is my source. David did. Got left everybody and everything aside, took some stones and ran after him. Joshua and Caleb held on, the longest running holding on to their source for 45 years and then some when they got in the promised land. They had to trust God was their source when no one else did. Paul, he said he was bound to his source and not even prison could get his eyes off his source. Paul, he said, I go bound by the spirit. What was he do? What was he saying? I'm bound to my source. I'm bound to him. God is my source. And what he tells me to do, I do it no matter what the cost, no matter what the need, no matter what I face. And not even prison could keep him from trusting God is my source. And he proved it out when he got thrown in jail. And all his attention went back to God. And it was easy. I guarantee you, 
that was not a real difficulty. I think the situation was difficult, but I think Paul was so full, it was not a difficulty for him. So right now, if you tell me with what you're facing, Pastor, it's a difficulty to lift my hands and worship God. It's a difficulty for me to praise God. I'm gonna tell you two things. One, you gotta get your mind further renewed with the word. Your mind is giving you a fit because it hasn't been renewed enough to the equivalent of your situation. And number two, you've got to get full. It's gonna take a process. You know something, there would be times we'd have to uh, let the tank fill back up again. We actually couldn't run the water because the tank would have emptied out. We actually had to let it fill back up again before we could even use water. And that's what some people face. The tank has so run dry and now they're trying to pull on their source. You're gonna have to fill back up before you step out in faith. Before you make any confession, fill up with the word, rejoice, speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Then when you go to pull that handle, the source has already pumped in everything that you need. It's easy. Faith is supposed to be easy. It's a flow of our life. He would not have asked us to please him with faith if it was going to be hard. Circumstances can be hard, but faith is not hard. God works only through faith. Taking my eyes off him hinders my faith. It, every time I take my eyes off of God as my source, that's when my faith momentum slows down. When I keep my eyes on my source, my momentum speeds up. Progress is made. Peter started sinking when he got his eyes off the source. That's a simple, fundamental story that we can implement, you know, that example in our lives. When Peter took his eyes and put them on the wind and the waves. When he, we could say this, when he put them on the symptoms, when he put them on how much money was needed at the end of the month. If you keep putting your eyes on how much money you need at the end of the month, they are not on your source. Yeah, but you don't know I need, yes, I do know. Yes, I do. I know what that's like to have thousands needed at the end of every month and you only got X amount of money coming in through avenues to meet that. I get that. But every time you look at the deficit, your eyes are off the source. Every moment you spend thinking about your deficit, you are not meditating, rejoicing, and drawing, having power flowing. You're cutting the power. It's like the power is being cut off from the grid. I've got to keep that power flowing. And then we'll close with this. It's dangerous to want someone else's natural supply. It's dangerous. Because God has a supply for you. He's got a plan for you. And when you look at someone else's natural supply that they have in their life, and you wish for that, and you wish you had that, you're telling God, your plan's not enough for me. I wish I had their job. I wish I had their career. I wish I had that start. I wish I could have had that. You're, you, are, you are basically saying to God, that plan that you have for me for, for prosperity, the power that you've given me to get wealth, I don't want it. It's not enough because I'd rather have what they have. I wish I'd have had that. Money is a natural supply that should come from a supernatural source, not a natural source. 
My money, I need to know that my money comes from God. It is his grace. It is his power that, that allows me to get wealth. It is his supply. It's hit through his direction. It's through his plan that I'm even here partaking of what I have, need or no need. It is what God has authored for my life. And when I wish to have what somebody else has, I'm telling God what you've given me thus far and what I wish I could have done and what I wish I could have had, I wish it was different. You're, you're not enough. You didn't do enough for me. Why didn't you give me what they had? It's like if my children want dinner in 15 minutes, all I got time to prep for is PB&J and chips, right? Then they complain about the five-course meal their friend down the street's getting. But you only gave me 15 minutes. You only gave me 15 minutes to prepare and meet your need. And you want the five-course meal that you don't know the time that, you know, so-and-so's mama put into making that meal. Don't expect today and get demanding of God to have today what he's preparing for you that could show up tomorrow. If you complain today, you'll forfeit the preparation of what he has for you tomorrow. I will not forfeit. I will not complain. I will not expect him to meet it on my timeline. The devil's the one who puts pressure for timelines, not God. My flesh wants a timeline. Say it with me. God is my source. Don't dishonor God by wanting what another man has. How about instead of, I wish if I'd have just had what they have, how about, I wish I had more faith. I'm a, you know what? I can do something about that. I can't do anything about what they have, but I can surely do something with my faith today, right now, what I'm meditating on. It's not about how about if I had more money. It's how about if I got more faith. Amen? Amen. Money is a natural resource, so the devil has his hand in it. Are you able? Do you know that God is your source enough that you're going to outlast the devil's hand? He can. He can slow things down. He can hinder things. That's what our faith is for. I will not let go. I will not. I don't care what it looks like in the natural. I don't care anymore. Doesn't matter. God is my source. He's there all the time. The everlasting well bubbling up on the inside of me. And if I don't feel like he's my source, that's my own fault. Joshua and Caleb had an opportunity, not money. All their money couldn't, couldn't do for them what the opportunity for the promised land offered them. David had an opportunity that money couldn't buy him. Noah took his opportunity. Money couldn't do anything for him. Rejoice in your opportunity. Don't rejoice in the money. Rejoice in your opportunity. What opportunity do you have today to see God be 100% your source? How many of you say, I know for me, and I can say this, every day it's a reminder, God is my source. I get my eyes I consciously get my eyes off of the need, off of the deficit, off of what's not there, and I set them on my source. There's really something freeing about going, well, we don't have enough money to pay it anyway. 
Let's go do something else. Seriously. It takes more faith. Let me say this. It takes more faith sometimes to stay home with your family and work less hours just so you can make the dollar. Come on. Oh, I'm just going to go. I'm going I'm to work, work this. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna do, you know, I'm not saying that working extra is wrong. That's not the issue. It's the heart. You know in your heart if your job is your source and if God is your source. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.